a choice right now, right now, between fear and love. It's just a run. Out of the dark night of ignorance and into the shining light of truth. Expanding reality. A population of citizens capable of critical thinking. We don't see things as they are, we see them as we are. There's a, a level of reality where everything dissolves into an ocean of energy. We empower our experience by insisting on our authenticity. That's very profound. Very Expanding reality. Expanding reality. Expanding reality. <laughs> <laughs> ben had to hold it out. That was great. <laughs> no, and, I, and I dropped at the end. I was all, yeah. Guys, awesome. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, the fucking uh, perfect. For the win. Absolutely perfect. I uh, don't know why I thought it'd be any different. That's <laughs> fucking amazing. <laughs> right? Who are you talking Absolutely to? Absolutely right? amazing. Welcome to Expanding Reality. I am your host, Brandon Thomas. On this episode, guys, Joe, Jen, and Ben from the amazing Legit Bat podcast come by and hang out. We have an absolute blast. They are amazing in every way possible, and I absolutely adore all of these people. So this episode is a, a lot of fun. You guys are absolutely going to enjoy it. Uh, the full video version will only be on Rockfin and on the website. So check the show notes for expandingrealitypodcast.com. That's where you can expand your experience here on the show anyway. So y'all should be over there checking that out. There's a bunch of really cool stuff as well as a bunch of lives that they have actually joined me for all of those get replayed back down there on the website as well for free so go over there sign up guys we are migrating away from youtube altogether. so i uh, just kind of wanted to note that here as well as um, down in the show notes check our affiliate links so food forest abundance get your freedom from fear on if you'd like to start your own podcast use who i use to host through which is libsyn that's who i recommend so that's why i say use them i also if you are going to buy any goddamn thing at all on amazon go ahead and run it through our link it helps the show also uh, if you have had any paranormal experiences if you've gotten abducted or you think you have or anything like that, check the link down there for Opus, which is the Organization for Paranormal Understanding and Support, Lester Velez's jam, and they can definitely help you out. So check that out while you're down there. All right, guys, so let's get to this incredible episode. We laugh our asses off. We go balls deep on all kinds of cool stuff from the mood landing to COVID to a bunch of fart sound effects and it's just an amazing time. So you guys are absolutely going to love them just as much as I do. So without any further ado, let's welcome Joe, Jen, and Ben from Legit Bat Podcast. <laughs> wow. That was like a chorus. God, farts. Those are all farts I heard in real time and okay. watched them being recorded. Okay, so introduction. as everybody out there in listening world can tell, we're going to do things a little bit differently here today. I am so grateful to have Joe, Jen, and Ben from Legit Bat on. Uh, you guys have just found a beautiful place in my heart, and we've done several lives together. You've had me on your show. Uh, you've just become such great friends, and so I'm truly grateful to do this. So we're mixing it up. We're having a good time. Uh, this is awesome. So welcome, guys. Welcome to Expanding Reality. Thank you for having us. 
Thanks, Thank dude. you so much. It's an honor to be on your show that I love so much. I oh, love your show. I, I love y'all so much. Thank you so much for saying that. You're too fucking sweet. You're good for my ego. So, uh, what are y'all <laughs> been up to lately? Uh, what have we been up to? Uh, yeah. Fuck. Uh, trying to wait for that meteor to come and just, you know, end everything. <laughs> yeah, that's you. That's not I, me. That's give crazy. you the sweet rest. No, sweet, I'm not. Sweet death. I'm interested in living to be 500. So, we did that's that round right. table. That's right. A couple weeks ago, I think at this point, and you said, what would you do if you could live to be 500? And I was like, wow, that's the exact age I talk about dying at, because I think it's important. <laughs> You'd get there and be like, wait, no, another 500. No, but okay, I'm pretty old, but I look really young, and I smoke cigarettes, and I drink all the time. So, like, not all the time, okay. But, <laughs> but what I'm saying is... um. I do things that people say, this does this to you, this does this to you, this does this. So I understand when you drink alcohol, yeah, you're going to be, um, you know, not right there coherently. So I don't do it when I'm working. I don't drink during the day, typically. Eh, it's kind of daytime still, and I am drinking. But during <laughs> the week, out. the work I week. I forget what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just saying during the work week, I'm a responsible person. I don't drink at all until nighttime completely during the week and on weekends we typically do things this was kind of a weird day it was a very stressful day for me as well brandon you talked about having Duh. some stressful days recently Energy's just been heavy, um, yeah. it has yeah today was kind of a day it, it wasn't bad it was just a lot of stuff coming at me so i said you know what i'm gonna crack my first fucking drink at 2 p.m on go. a sunday which i would never normally do we're we don't drink till night like i was saying but i do these things that society tells us kill you and make you wrinkly and old and gross looking and you shouldn't do them but if you just say like eh, that doesn't really have power over me I, I know it sounds woo and weird I just think there's a way to just not give a fuck and society also tells you you're definitely going to die between 80 and 100 maybe 120 if you live in the Philippines and have an amazing diet I don't know but that's the max lifespan. Like nobody lives to be 200. So I was like, fuck it. Let's just raise the bar and make it 500. Why don't we all do that and see what happens? Maybe we will still all die at 85 or whatever the fuck, but we could try it instead of listening to what they tell us, you know, I don't know. You know, but there's something to that though. Cause you have a great life. You, you live the hell out of like those, what, 75, 80 years and you live the shit out of them. And then you just skip the boring part where you're laying in a bed and shitting on yourself for like 20 of those years. Yeah. You're living longer, but what quality of life are we talking about here? Now, if you had a blast and you come in just, you know, smoke coming out of your ears, your hair all sex haired up and you just like fall, fall at the finish line, drunk as shit, then that's a good life. You know, you, you did it right. I think. So, yeah, I think there's that's something a great to that. Point. No, there's that. That's a great point. But I was planning on not aging until mm. I'm like 485 is gotcha. what I mean. So, like, obviously, I'm not going to be oddly specific. For, <laughs> so specific. But, well, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I shouldn't do that, though. Specifying is what creates those guidelines for everybody as far as what what's real. But um, if, if you just say. I'm going to live this life, like the way that I am right now, I'm going to do that for like another 400 years, not be bedridden for 400 years, just laying there having strokes all the time. No, no, no. That's not what I want. I want to be doing I'm not this vegan, shit all the time. Because vegan, I know, just having just strokes, strokes all the time. time. Like, what? <laughs> just constant strokes. I feel like I'm doing oh, that. I'm, I'm that's why I'm exhausted this week. I had a stroke every couple minutes. Like it's just all the time. That's why I would never go vegan because maybe it makes you live longer. Maybe it just seems like you live longer because you're fucking yep. miserable. But God, you don't bacon have to go is so vegan good. 
Ah, I have bacon cooking downstairs, and after Planet Retard, I opened up the door, and I was like, (laughs) nothing like freedom coming up the stairs. (laughs) Freedom aromas. Freedom strips. (laughs) What I'm saying, though, is there's a way that you can take what we're told and turn it into, that doesn't matter, and I'm going to make my own path, and we can manifest our reality. I know it sounds wooey and weird, but... We don't have to sit there and listen like, okay, we die at this time and this is what we have to do to get through life. And this happens when we're this age and this happens when we're this age and we have to screen for colon cancer at 50 and we have to get mammograms at 40. Like, okay, that's fine. That's just what we're told. How many have you guys ever heard stories? I have heard personal stories from people who've had parents who went in for a cancer screening and they went in. And they had like a stage four cancer, according to the doctor. And the doctor told the people, you have stage four cancer. You've had cancer forever. You have like two days to live. And in some cases, all the cancer, it's not a tumor. Yeah. But these people are living all the time. They're fine. They have nothing wrong with them. Nothing, no symptoms. And then all of a sudden symptoms present themselves because they're told you have cancer and you have two days to live or two months or whatever. But when we're told something like that, you have two months to live your brain goes into fucking hyperdrive and you're like oh my gosh two months to live what am i gonna do but if they never knew i just wonder what if they never knew how many people are walking around with stage four cancer right now just fucking running track and shit you yeah know? yeah i mean because by knowing the only thing you do i mean i don't i mean, it it would it would tank your you you don't want to be bummed out like that you would just Listen to Tim McGraw's Live Like You Were Dying song on repeat just for the rest of your days, and it's just sad. Like, nobody wants that. that that's the thing. It's like, would you want to know, you know, or just drop dead all of a sudden? I wouldn't want to fucking know. I don't think so. No. Same. That, that, that is for sure a right? fucking rock bottom, dude. <laughs> Anytime Tim McGraw comes on, it's like, oh, God, shit's bad. There we go. Got that it. song he did with Nelly. What was that? Oh, yeah. oh, we don't talk about that. Just like Chris Gaines, we don't talk about that. <laughs> oh, I have a, yeah, I have no. a, a clip of him, actually. He's <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Uh, for the listeners, uh, Joe has a soundboard, by the way, so it sounds like there's a bunch of people here, uh, and it sounds like they're gassy, but it's just his soundboard, and he likes to bring it along. It's their fourth member, and I like it. That's your Ringo. Ow! <laughs> oh, my God. Stop! <laughs> I am very so fun. <laughs> no, he just he does brother, this thing every time where he he goes like this, like he's like my dad. You can see the gears turning way before he does the sound drop. Where he's like, "How do I word this so that oh, I can shit. push this button at the end?" And then he'll sit there for a minute. He go like he just got it, and he's like, "Uh, it, you go like this, and then you go like that, and then he goes and he pushes it." And he's like, ah, it's funny every time. That's not far off. Ben, I love you so much for saying that because I had a realization maybe three years ago that Joe was exactly like your father. Oh, he's horrible. Like, oh, this is my future. So he's exactly yep. like him in oh, every yeah. way. Every way. I love your dad, though. I think your dad's amazing. I think your dad's great. So um, it's not an he's insult. Okay. I know he's not my dad. He's your dad. So it's different. I have a different outlook. I'm still, I do. I still think it'd be just the final family twist. If we found out the dad was a pothead, it would explain fucking everything. Like that's he would just, no, I know. But like, can you imagine him and his little S 10 fucking driving home from work, taking the long way so he can smoke his J and get nice and high before he's got to deal with mom and five fucking kids. Listen to Tim McGraw. Probably. (laughs) (laughs) So anyways, uh, 
It, no, it's fucking awesome. Uh, so, of course, guys, all the ways to find them, link down in the show notes. Y'all know how this works. Y'all's show is so much fun. You have the coolest stuff that you talk about, and uh, you just can go anywhere with it. So, uh, what made you guys want to come together and start Legit Bat anyway? And I am also, of course, you have to tell me what Legit Bat means. Oh, you know. I have known, I have known y'all this long. Last? I haven't, haven't, haven't uh, uh, found out. I think Ben probably did it last. I'll let you do it this time, but I'll, I'll give you oh. why we started. Uh, we just wanted to do a podcast. Like I had no real idea. We just, I bought some microphones. I'm like, Ben, we could just set the microphones out, get drunk and talk and then make people listen to it. And he's like, yes, that is a great idea. And then he came up with the name for it. And Jen or Ben can go into how that came to be. But it took about a year from the time I got microphones to the time I was like, okay, let's just fucking do this. Let's record an episode and put it out there, fart it out there to the world, which is how it comes across. I told you, there you go. She set it up again. He did. So Joe came home one day from work and I was doing some mundane thing. I wasn't fucking lying, dude. The whole whole time he was telling that story, he was trying to figure out how to end it. Like, you can see it coming now from a mile away. He sits there and starts talking and he's like, I need to go out with a bang and a fart. Yeah. Joe came home one day. Joe came home one day and said, hey, babe, I want to start a podcast. And I was like, cool. What do you want it to be about? And he was like, I don't know. We'll just talk and see what happens. And I, I think I was putting dishes away or doing something stupid. I was doing definitely doing something dumb that was not important. And I looked at him and I was like, oh, cool. That sounds awesome. And I didn't have the right look on my face, apparently, because he was like, <laughs> apparently don't seem interested at all in this. And I was not. I didn't say that sounds fucking dumb. I was just like, OK, cool. You have no goal and you're not sure why you want to do this. All right. Well, I'm not really sure how to respond after that. So I'm just going to keep doing what basically doing. she was just like and, no I wasn't though I was just like oh cool you have zero so so then he waited until I went out and did I <laughs> he waited until I left to start record he's like I'm gonna record when you're gone I was like oh that's rude why because I thought you wanted it to be this fun thing that we do yeah. and he's like oh I, d- I don't know it seems like you're not interested and I was like because you had I just wanted to know what you want to talk about like I don't know if if you want to record it and we're putting it out there for people, I think there should be some sort of general goal, even if the goal is let's start it on who cares. We'll just bring up a topic and free flow with it. That would have been OK as well. It wasn't even that. It was just like, I don't even know. Just whatever. Just didn't, I don't I don't know, though, was your main <laughs> response. And I was like, oh, well, we I don't do that at the I start either, of every show, so. though. I'm like, I don't know what we're talking we about. We do. So I have grown as well. So anyway, there were a couple shows I wasn't on in the very beginning. And then after like three or four shows, I was like, OK. Let's see what the fuck this is. Um, but legit bat came about where um, so Ben had this great idea to name it that. Joe was asking about names from us for a while. And what did we do? You remember the different names that we went through? No. Oh, I remember some of them. Yeah, we were trying like, to we were trying to like we were trying to like riff off of like things that had to do with our childhood. So like instead of third eye blind, Joe came up with like third eye something as like uh-huh. a kind of a riff. And then he was like, no, nah, I was gay. And then uh, we came up with a whole bunch of other ones and it, it nothing, nothing just stuck at the time that I sent him legit bat podcast. I was thinking it was going to get shot down immediately because we'd been shooting each other's stuff down. Like, no, that's not going to, it's just dumb. And then he was all, that's it. That's it. And I'm all, are you for real? Me that. He was, he said, 
hey, Ben just had this great idea. I think we were just at our we were at our duplex. That I we actually remember in. where I was when he sent me that text I, in on my route for work. Like I remember where I was when I was like, oh yeah, that you might texted be it. me and Shit. I was like, oh my gosh, that's it know. for sure. So yeah. so where legit back came from is Joe and I met online on a video game that most of our friends know about um, or mm. listeners do. Um, so we met and then we decided we FaceTimed every single day for a, a month or two maybe four and I finally decided to come out at the end of June in 2015 and he had a roommate and I was so scared I was so fucking scared that his roommate would hate my fucking guts I was like yeah I'm some chick you met in a video game he's you know he has a little boy who lives in this house and he was going through a divorce like it was just a lot of stuff and they were both in this weird place and I was just coming out there like hey let's get drunk and hang out we met on a video game whatever and when I came out his roommate was the most amazing human ever he was so fun and so fucking nice and he came up to me when I was in the kitchen grabbing a beer and he said he he held out a wooden baseball bat, put it on the counter, and sa- gave me a red sharpie. And he said, "Hey, mind you, were hammered." Okay. Yeah, w- oh, yeah. I also had traveled two thousand miles across the country, and I was scared. I was like, Ugh. I was happy to meet Joe, but I was around his roommate, who I wasn't sure of. And then Ben actually had just moved in at the time as well, so I wasn't scared. I was overwhelmed. That's yeah. a better word for it. I wasn't afraid. It was more overwhelmed, and I was happy, excited, but overwhelmed same time. So his roommate hands me a red Sharpie and a wooden baseball bat and says, Hey, can you please write legit in bubble letters on this bat? And I was like, why? And I thought that I was maybe, maybe embarrassing myself or maybe he was making fun of me in some way. That's where my brain went. (laughs) And it wasn't at all. So I, I did it anyway. He's like, no, no, please, please do it. Please do it. This is our friend, Tony, who just recently passed away from liver failure. Um, but he, he was so genuinely excited for me to write legit on this bat. And then as soon as I did, he was like, yes, he held it up. He was so excited. And then he had me watch where that came from. And it was from workaholics where they're all three sitting on the roof of the house. And they're like, Hey, you guys ever seen dad dicks? Like dad dicks in the eighties were way bigger. And, uh, he's like, Okay, fine. My dad has a legit bat or Durs. They're asking Durs about his dad's dick. And he's like, oh, okay, my dad has a legit bat. And they thought that was so funny to say that their dad has a legit bat. So that's why he had me write legit on a bat. It's just a dick joke at best. At the end of the day, it's just a dick joke. Um, so what we would do, though, with the legit bat that we had created that I wrote legit on um, is we would pass it around to people. Well, because we all hung out pretty often, play Cards Against Humanity or just hang out and talk, whatever. And whoever said the funniest, best thing, they would get past the legit bat. Like, we'd be like, dude, that's the best. Like, you get the legit bat. It's like and passing the baton it. to the wittiest yeah, comment of the night. And they'd take you know? it home with them. It was fine. They'd bring it back the next time and we'd pass it around all the time. And then when Joe and I got married, Tony, the his roommate who had me write legit on the bat, Tony married us. So I had this crazy idea of... um making our wedding first i wanted to make it like a normal wedding and then i was like "Eh, it doesn't matter we actually got married a year and two months prior to our wedding quote unquote so Mm -hmm. it didn't matter anyone could have married us like literally anybody so i i thought it would be really cool if tony was incorporated then in that somehow and he married us and he was like okay i guess i'll marry you that's weird so he ended up marrying us writing our vows 
wrote vows for our children as well. So he wrote vows because Joe has a son and I have a daughter from different relationships. He wrote these vows for our kids to be together in this new coupling because they were not together prior, you know? It was just pretty amazing. And then at the end of the ceremony, which was like 10 minutes, because we're not lame, we made it cool. He, He made it a hilarious but heartfelt ceremony and then also presented me with the legit bat as like the last joke, like you marry Joe, like haha, here's the legit bat. So you I got win. presented with yeah. that, yeah, like in my wedding dress. It was pretty Aww, fucking awesome. That's amazing. What a cool story. I and, love and that. The thing, the thing is with creating the podcast too is that like all of this happened. I mean, that original story of the bat that all happened within you know like the first year or two years, and uh, it was a, this concurrent thing that happened. When we decided to do the podcast to go back to what they originally talked about and how it started was uh, Joe had a really old computer. Um, I had just gotten one the year prior. And uh, I think the first one we did was shout out to Ryan from Dangerous World. He came on and was basically you know on his phone. I was on my phone and uh, we were like, well, what are we going to talk about? Like, what do you guys want to talk about? And the idea between me, Joe and Jen over some drunk nights was we would have such epic conversations between me joe jen and tony amongst other friends that might get in that constantly while had been drunken we would say man we really need a way to catalog some of these conversations and when joe first came up with it it was the idea of being over a fire pit we're all outside the kids are in bed we're having our brews or whatever we're smoking and we are just talking with our third eyes open about random ass shit that we saw and when Joe brought it up, he's like, I kind of want it to be just kind of like, a, like, like what we talked about, like just kind of like a down home fire pit conversation. And, you know, I'm not expecting anybody to listen. It's just kind of one of those, like, if we ever want to go back and, and, and reminisce or it was very low key. I had a $20 Turtle Beach headset. Um, he had this old fucking like $30 mic that didn't work very well and had like 80 wires coming out of it to work. Um, we had no software. And then within a couple of months, Jen bought him a computer. It was way better. It, he was able to download all the software. He started doing the graphics. Um, and then within about six months, we got onto Rockfin. And from Rockfin, it ended up doing the video. And then from the video, it ended up doing the visuals. And then from the visuals, it ended up doing things like Tommy Chong. And like all of these things just kind of snowballed all within the first like nine months. By the time we hit our first year, we were set up almost the way that we are now and then we didn't even do it like an anniversary show and uh joe was like you know i really don't care if anybody listens but this this is it's it's progressing and i said yeah as long as i'm not we're not expecting to make any money from it you know we just enjoy being able to talk to people the way that we all talk to each other in a way that we can actually catalog it and if somebody finds anything in it that is helpful or interesting or helps them throughout their their work day or whatever like that's it. That's all. That's all we ever wanted to do. And uh, it's just a, a library. It's a library of us talking yeah. and doing whatever we do that will be there. Well, hopefully, unless we get EMP attack, but that'll be there for like the kids. Like when they're old enough to listen to the stupid shit we say, if they feel like it, they can go back and be like, wow, I wonder what these 300 episodes of bullshit my parents used to do when I was little <laughs> and just start listening to it you know, and be like, wow cool cool parents i have i think that's the important <laughs> thing though we had no intentions we weren't trying no. to yeah. make any money we weren't trying to do anything 
um, not that we weren't trying to do anything positive, we were, but uh, it was just very unintentional. We didn't say, all right, we're going to go make a bunch of money. We're going to do this. And we had no selfish. Yeah, we didn't have dreams of grandeur. What, yeah, what's our, <laughs> our currency came in just like positive reviews and positive feedback from people. That's all we wanted to make off of it. It's like the most altruistic thing ever. And why y'all are so successful? Because you are incredibly successful. And why is because you're so damn you. You're so authentic. And this is one of the cool things. You guys are the reason people say, oh, I just want to start a podcast. But you actually did it. And then you followed through. And you're great at it. So a lot of people think, and they're right, you can just do this. But to do it right, it's a lot of work. And you guys were at least willing to put the work in because you saw the value in it minus the expectations of grandeur. But again, it's kind of that thing. You don't expect it, but that's why you're receiving it is because you're just open to receive anyway. And then you're just like, yeah, yeah, if it happens, cool. If not, whatever. And then now you're just like, oh, 7,000 followers, whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. It's no big deal to y'all, but it's it's amazing. And uh, in the community, you you guys are just so well loved, all of you. And you know this. We, we just all absolutely adore you. And I was talking to a buddy. I think we were talking about this uh, off air uh, this morning about y'all, uh, Bo. He's been in a few lives. Uh, guy does my website, just one of my best friends ever. And uh, we were just talking about how much we adore you guys. And uh, he was just like, God, they're just so sweet and deep and funny and that's what we were saying is you can go from the most incredibly deep profound thing about the universe and then cap it off with a fart and it's one of the most amazing things <laughs> the way that you guys are able to just speak about stuff you're lighthearted, you're authentic and that's why everybody loves you that's why i love you yeah i will really really appreciate that and it means a lot coming from people that are also in that realm because <clears throat> joe I, I will definitely and be more than happy to say Joe's definitely the, been the backbone of the podcast. He does all the editing. He does all of the he does everything for it. I the whole the whole thing was is that we didn't want to have a shtick. We wanted, yeah. you know, and once I get a better computer, I told him I would be more than happy to do some post and pre-production. But, you know, that's a ways down the road. Life happens. Things got in the way right as we were starting it. It seemed like everybody was going through shit six months into 2020. And so when it all started, like I, me and Joe and Jen all kind of agreed. We're like, we don't, we don't want to change. We don't want it to change. We want it to be grotesque and crude and funny the way that you would talk again over a fire pit yeah. drinking with just you and your friends. And, uh, it, it's been, a, it's been a wild ride. I've said it a million times where not for the podcast and the guests that we've had on, I would not in any way, shape or form one, think the way that I do now Two, I, I probably wouldn't be in the relationship that I am in now. Uh, and three, my, the entire way that I look at life is just completely different because of the podcast. And that was something that we didn't expect to get anything out of it. We expected to hopefully give something out of it, a little piece of ourselves, but you, you weren't expecting to really get anything out of it. And the amount of shit that we've been able to get out of it just on the off, you know, off the cuff is, is an absolutely incredible. And to everybody that's out there, including yourself, you know, we really appreciate it. It's that legacy type thing. That's what I was talking about with the kids too, or whether they want to listen to it or not, it's like an option. I don't have the option of listening to my dad or mom when they were in their thirties or forties talking for hours on end about the craziest shit. I don't know what they think about aliens. I don't really care either, but if I had it to listen to now, I would probably go back and listen and be like, what do these motherfuckers think in the eighties? Like, I wonder, really wonder. You know, yeah, you're right. And for the example and for the for the digital fingerprint that a lot of people are leaving for their children, it's probably pretty embarrassing. It's just like butthole yeah. pictures on, you know, OnlyFans, which there's nothing wrong with that. But that's like it, you know, and they're not having deep discussions. They're 
going deep uh, for five dollars a pop. So there, yeah, come on, God, this guy. <laughs> he tiring. will fucking derail you every I, time. I love it, and and so that's the thing, right? It's all the it's always that scary thing that moms or whoever talk about about them finding the their unmentionables or something their kids down the line. But you guys actually have right. some really cool conversations, and I've talked to my wife about this. Her dad, you know, uh, everybody gets older, but. I, you know, told her, I was like, look, he's got amazing stories. And she said, yeah, I just want to catalog this somehow. I go, sweetheart, we have a huge studio. Just come in here and sit with him and I'll hit record and you guys can just have this. But you guys are doing it and you're real. And it's like you said, Ben, dude, you're absolutely right. That is something that you cannot prepare for is how much this changes you and how this is the most accelerated growth experience I've had. Um, psychedelics didn't touch it. This is the most accelerated growth experience because we're seeking wisdom. We're seeking knowledge. We're seeking crazy cool conversations and interactions with high vibe people that are also seeking the same. We're like, hey, have you heard this crazy shit? Fart joke. It's it's just the coolest thing. <laughs> and I, I just absolutely love this. And you could not be more right. But I love what you're doing for your kids. And I mean, yeah, that's something you don't think about. You don't have that for your kids. But think about all the kids growing up now. They're going to have like their dad going off on some congressman on Facebook and getting banned. And they're going to have all that. You know, it's interesting. Hmm. So where did the uh, when when did you get the uh, soundboard? When did that get infused? Uh, I was trying to do it like last summer, but I, I was using a different streamer service back then and I couldn't figure out a good way. <laughs> to do it that made sense and then i gave up obs because it sucks gotcha. and uh just i just started googling like free software soundboard i don't know i don't know how to do this and everything happened i think it happened uh, i'm not even trying to cut you off i'm sorry but i think joe has this path of where he quantum created this <laughs> podcast like he For knew sure. it was going to happen i could tell as I was putting laundry or dishes or whatever the fuck away, I know that he knew that this was going to be a thing. And even though my response was like, well, what does it mean? Or what do you want to do out of it? And he thought that I hated it. I really was curious and he has done nothing but make sure it happens as he wants it to happen. And he always finds the right answer. So we had sound issues in the beginning he wanted to find a soundboard. Every single thing, every obstacle that has come across our path, he's overcome. And it looks effortless yeah. to me because I am one, not doing it. The great ones make it look easy. <laughs> yeah, but he he was like, oh, this is such a pain in the ass. And I was like, really? Because it looks so easy. Like, Are you well, serious? No, because the way that... <laughs> it looks great. I mean, if you were to see my soundboard, it's ridiculous. It's the most low-tech piece of software you've ever seen. It's just a bunch of squares that has my dumb names for the sounds on it. And the way that I get these is I go on YouTube, screen record on my phone, then I got to convert that to an MP3, then I got to email that to myself, then I got to edit it to make sure the volume and all that shit's good, then I add it to the soundboard, and that is how the soundboard works. <laughs> yeah, I, I do stuff like that, and to get that one clip it takes so many things they're like all right i gotta upload it to yeah. drive and then convert it and then bounce it through handbrake so it'll upload faster and then yes i completely <laughs> it's it's the craziest thing and then i'm i, I do the same thing tomorrow i'm like check this out and it's like hey, da, 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 da. and she's like oh that was pretty cool i'm like that took me 17 hours to make you know it's like, <laughs> it's like, oh, shit. you better fucking enjoy it dude uh, it's no, that's super crazy. fair i joe just does it so fast like well i'll be making breakfast or something or he will or whatever he'll go and 
into the room for two seconds, come out and be like, come listen to the soundboard. I just added a bunch of new sounds. (laughs) And I'm like, wow, you did that in a really short time. That's great. Maybe I don't give you enough credit for it, but he does it so fast. It doesn't seem like it's a lot. But also Joe has this really cool thing where he was just born being cool. Mm -hmm. He doesn't get stressed. Nope, he doesn't. Sorry, I know you don't like hearing that. That's one thing that that's one of Joe's down. Because I have he a boner. <laughs> <laughs> how have you how have you tested this? Do you jump out at him? Do you toss fireworks around the corner at him every now and then to see if he'll jump? No, he doesn't get I might poop, but I he won't doesn't tell you get that. Riled yeah, up, <laughs> a little bit. When when we have a troll, we occasionally have a troll on our chat. It's very rare. Or if something negative happens, he's just like, meh, whatevs, it's cool. So when he has to go put a new sound on the soundboard, he's like, oh, this is fun for me. I don't care. And then he goes and does it and comes out and he's like, what? This is so cool. Come see this. And doesn't care at all about anything else. You know, there's there's this <laughs> there's this concept that's called amori fati. And it's Latin. It means uh, shit. Uh, fuck. It means shit? No, I just had this. I just. <laughs> I know. Shit. No, my wife and I just learned uh, amori fati. It means uh, I love it. Okay, so it means I love it, meaning that whatever happens, you just say I love it. You know, uh, something fucks up, I love it. Uh, it takes longer, I love it. You're five minutes late for leaving the house, and you feel like you're late, I love it. Amori fati. Amori fati. And basically, it just states that you're just right there, and all of the things that are imperceivably like inconvenient to you at the time. Hindsight. I think we were talking about this on the live last night. Uh, it it's like that five seconds or something like that may have been the difference between you getting in a wreck and dying or you hitting someone and killing them all. And it's just in no, of no fault of your own, but the universe will kind of play with you, I think, in that way. I have seen this happen to where, like, uh, my wife used to leave before me in the morning or something like that, and I'd, like, leave not too long after her. And I'd forget my wallet or something. I'm like, shit. And so I'd come all the way back up the drive, whatever, run inside, you know, say bye to the dogs again because I have to go around and pet it and kiss everybody bye again. And then uh, grab my wallet and run out. Well, that was, like, five minutes later, and then the whole freeway shut down. Like, some horrible oh, wreck. Fuck. And so I'm like... Well, maybe I was going to be in that had I have, you know, been on time, air quote. So I'm fati. That's it. Those little offsets or setbacks. I, I usually just kind of frame it like that and just like, well, number one, it, it, it doesn't bother you then because you're just like, oh, well, universe has got my back. It's fine. But that saying fati, it's that's it. It's the embodiment of that, that whatever happens, it's all perfect. It's kind of like what Jen introduced to me is the good or bad, hard to say thing. And there's a bunch of examples oh, yeah. of that, like, uh, <laughs> good or bad hard to say like this thing happened but then was where th- the, this was great it the little boy's great. riding a horse and yeah, he breaks get, his yeah. leg um it there's so many it's a, it's a parable but yeah bad hard to say is um do you know that the where the the kid breaks his leg riding a horse and then he uh you know it's like oh my gosh this is awful you broke your leg but then they get drafted there's a war that happens in that country and so the kid can't go because he has a broken leg and so the father's like oh this is so great and then anything anything could happen at that point um joe and i had an experience where we right as soon as i heard that parable we were living at cali court ben you lived with us you had just moved out and we were like oh shit ben moved out okay <clears throat> cool so Maybe that's bad because we have to pay more money for rent, but it's okay because we have this. Like we were trying to figure it out. And then um, we had these shitty neighbors and they weren't shitty. They were just loud. (laughs) They were just really loud and they got very drunk and they smoked weed, which is totally fine. But we were in very close quarters and my daughter liked to have her window open at night and she could smell weed and she was like 10. And, And I was from a place where 
weed is not legal. So she was like, oh my gosh, I can smell weed outside. This is awful. And I was like, it's fine, honey. Just breathe it in and go to bed. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't say that. <laughs> You're like, settle down, um, I was like, don't, don't worry about it. It's no big deal. But they were pretty loud and they smoked weed and drank and like, we didn't care. Joe and I didn't care at all, but we were just like, whatever it is what it is but they moved out finally one day there the police were called a couple times on them it was just a weird situation again joe and i didn't care we weren't like oh my gosh these people are the worst we didn't care that much but it was still weighing on us a little bit like what's gonna happen and uh eventually they got kicked out and we were like yay they moved out this is amazing we're so grateful and then a new lady moved in and we were so happy she was this older lady a 50 year old something lady and we were like, yeah, this is the best thing that could happen. And then um, she apparently hates cigarettes. And Joe and I would smoke a cigarette like twice a night, maybe. And she would slam all of her windows at night. And it took us a while to realize that she really just hated fucking cigarettes. And also, at the same time, wanted to keep all of her windows open in a um, townhouse that she rented. I don't know. Pick your battles, man. In yeah, but she opinion, wanted to be all but... passive aggressive about it instead of being like, I like to keep my windows open. <laughs> Do you mind smoking down the street? No, but we would smoke. Remember, we smoked out front one time and she slammed her front door, too, because she wanted to keep all of the windows open in the entire house. So we tried to adapt to her, but we were like, oh, apparently this this neighbor like isn't that cool. So we ended up moving. And then when we ended up moving, we were going to buy a house after that. And our landlord, I texted her and was like, hey, we can stay here forever. I know COVID's happening and people aren't paying their rent, but we're totally going to stay here. Like, I was thinking this is really good, really positive. And she said, sorry, my husband and I are getting a divorce, so I need to move into the place that you're in when your lease is up in two months. So we needed to find a new place or a new place to rent. And we ended up buying our house that we have now. So it seemed like a really negative situation at the yeah. time. Like, long story short, sorry, this was kind of a rant. Great. But That's great. All of these terrible things that happened, or good things, or whatever, it all led us to a place where we bought this house. And hey, maybe ultimately it will be destroyed by an earthquake and it will be bad at the end. Sorry, not to be <laughs> maybe weird. Maybe plasma but... <laughs> apocalypse. I don't know. I don't think we're out of the maybe. woods on that. Yeah. <laughs> and only hope. Maybe, we might but see at that. the end of the day, like we bought our first house and it was really great and it's a it's a really awesome place and we got to do that because we had to kick our asses into gear because we didn't want to be kicked out of where we were living at, even though it was crazy that we were getting quote unquote not evicted, but just our lease was up and it was done. So we paid our rent and then also bought a house and it seemed like a negative situation, but it turned out great. So I don't know. We just have to look at things differently. When we feel certain things, we have to look at it differently and say, hey, you know what? Let's look at this from a different angle. Yeah, absolutely. Hard to. Absolutely. Uh, it's it's those little moments like that. And it's those shakeups, though, that that really get you moving. That's the motivator, you know, and that's why this kind of cosmic thing, like with the lockdowns and COVID and all that kind of shit. That's one of the ways that I've been looking at it is like it's a it's a forced shadow work period for us to kind of all just sit down and get our shit together. But it's like that darkest before the dawn. And I find this with me personally. Uh, I kind of have been going through a pretty energetically heavy week is how I'll put it. Uh, a full week of this shit. It's been a while since it's been this intense for this long. And usually uh, I can 
uh, know that when that happens, that's just the day crescendo before the big drop and everything's just amazing. So I'm super pumped about the high vibe shit that's coming right after this. I know because I've just been depleted. It's been uh, really, really tricky. Uh, so because you, you get to those new levels of awareness you feel and then something as simple as uh, something normal and 3D pops up and just takes you out for a week. It's it's crazy. It seems like the more in I don't know, the more enlightened I feel that I become, the more detached from, I think, being able to uh, politely and patiently deal with super absurdly dumb shit. Like, it's just, it's very, very challenging. (laughs) Do y'all feel that as well? I totally feel you. Yeah. Yes, you're 100% right. She tries to keep me in check with that because I'm so detached from most of the stupid shit that goes on that I just don't care and it, do, it does not affect me. It goes right over. Just, no, no, don't care. Like, so she has to keep me in check with that. She's like, well, actually, this is kind of important because of the, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, oh, fuck. right. Well, no, I should care about that more. I'm also new. I, I'm a good liaison because right. for right now, I'm a good liaison by being like new to the meditation world. So I totally get that there's something bigger than us, but that's brand new to me. So I also very clearly remember caring a lot about how full our refrigerator was like, you know, two months ago, that was very important. It has to look like this because this is how my parents refrigerator looked and this is how this should be, but it doesn't have to be that way. You, you have to do what you have to do in a positive way and everything just has to be I don't know, normal. I sorry, I know that sounds really weird, but it's hard because we go about our lives and we're told you have to do this, this and this to be acceptable in society. And we just try to strive for that. And when we fail, we feel bad and we shouldn't we just shouldn't fucking care. And you're really good at just doing that on your own, dude. You don't fail. Well, uh, I can look, yeah. thing. Just doing it. Yeah, yeah. Not being affected by it. And what was so can, weird. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, please, Ben. Ben, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I completely empathize with that. There was uh, several conversations going back to the, the mantra that you were saying that I remember hearing uh, the similar. It, my, my dad carried it out without ever verbalizing it. And then I ended up hearing it when I was in the academy was that whenever something happens, because things do happen that are out of your control. Everybody's always like, you can always trace things back to sometimes you can't. There was, we couldn't trace back Tony's death to something that we did. Sure. You could look back if you really want to and say, well, we enabled him this, that, and the other, but that's not going to get you anywhere. He was a grown ass man. He chose to do what he did. And so one of the things that I heard in the account, me is whenever something happens in life, whether it's self-inflicted or it's out of left field and it's one of those curveballs that life throws you, there are two things. Either you can do something about it and then you do what you can. And if it's not enough, it's going to play out the way it's going to play. Or there's nothing you can do about it and it's going to play out the way it's going to play. Either way, worrying about it isn't going to do shit. Now, there is a certain part of worry and anxiety, I guess you could say, and throw that in there where it can kick your ass into gear to think outside the box and do this, that, and the other. But when those thoughts and ideas come, you should act on them. And when it's all said and done, know when to step back and say, I've done everything I can. That's enough. It's going to play out the way it's going to play out. My dad was always very good about, about portraying that. He just didn't worry about shit. He, he, he would go to work. He worked long hours. 
for, I think he said 45 years, he worked 10 hour days, five, six days a week. And we always knew though, that dad was going to be home at a certain time. There was no question about it unless he was stopping at a store, in which case my mom always relayed. He has to stop on the store. He's going to be a half hour late, this, that, and the other. We always knew that. And there were hard times and we saw it and my parents were upfront with it about it. And looking back, I go, yeah, that's very much how the most, at least me and Joe, that's how we kind of go through life. We're very steady and solid. We don't have a lot of waves um, with emotion and mentality or logic that, that really throws us. Part of it is that, <clears throat> and I, I've said this for years, is, is when a lesson comes your way that's self-inflicted, you should let it hurt at least to a little bit, at least let it inflict a little bit upon you to not create that same mistake. And I'm the worst offender about not letting that happen because I don't worry about shit. So that is the catch 22 to it. But to go back to what you were saying and and kind of incorporating that is that you can only do so much in life and life is never going to stop revolving because it doesn't revolve around you. And when that happens, you got to know when to let go and let it play out. And then when that happens, have a course of reaction. You know, there's an old saying, action is faster than reaction. That's true, but you can always plan for your reaction. You can see the signs, you can see it coming, and you can do what you can do, but worrying about it and trying to control something that is not in your control is not only futile, but you're going to ruin yourself trying to do that. Yeah, it's in Texas, we have the saying, uh, don't go borrowing trouble or don't go build. Yeah, bridge. that's don't a good go, way to put that. Yeah, don't go building bridges you ain't never going to cross, honey. Ain't going to do no good. But, <laughs> oh, Tim uh, McGraw. Yeah, Tim McGraw. <laughs> Live like you was dying, honey. Uh, so it, it it's just an interesting thing uh, because, yes, you could spend a lot of mental energy uh, creating a bunch of situations that never, ever, ever happen. And a great line uh, from the wonderfully hilarious movie Van Wilder is, um, worrying is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it doesn't get you anywhere. And exactly. I like that. I like that a lot. And it makes a lot of sense. And, and it does. I mean, think about how much of your life has probably been spent making up scenarios of what you're going to say to that person next time you see them or how this, this, and this is going to play out. And none of that shit happens. None of that shit happens. I could say with 100% certainty, every single time I did it, it was an absolute waste of time. And mm-hmm. it was a waste and it robbed me of my moment of now. It's another psyop from the matrix is for you to kind of predict what's going to happen and be upset and defensive about it and fearful about it. It's crazy. So uh, what it's is... It's actually funnier though when, it, like, if you... you you're stuck in that trying to like figure out, Oh, if I see this person, I'm going to say this. It's actually funnier if you don't, because there's been so many times when I've unexpectedly seen someone and I'm like, I don't know what to say to this person. I'm just going to be like, well, see you later. <laughs> Big and gold, then you just move on. <laughs> that was the best way for that to go. I completely agree with you, Brandon. It's funny. Cause I used to do that where I would spend oh, an everybody hour does it. Yeah. creating yeah. a scenario of how this is going to happen. And then, yeah, no, I know everyone does this, but it's such a waste of time because it's <laughs> it, never, that's it. If it did happen that exact way, best case scenario is that you'd be freaked out as fuck that it happened the exact way that you thought. Thank you. And all the things and all the things that you plan to say in perfect response to this exact scenario when it plays out perfectly in front of you because it's never done that before you're not going to have a reference point for it and you're going to lose your shit and all the things that you thought you had planned out ready to go are going to go right out the window and then you're just going to piss on yourself and um, and that's it. Yeah, there's going to be a net loss. Yeah, <laughs> that's so like, ready. <laughs> Your response always, time. I'm today. telling you, 
He's got his finger like this, and he just kind of goes like this while people are talking. And then as soon as they <laughs> oh, say the yeah. right thing, he's like, ha, got it. <laughs> that is exactly what happens. Fuck off. <laughs> See? It's <laughs> like he's my brother. Damn it, y'all are so much fun. Okay, so I want to know uh, your, your favorite conspiracy theory. Like, what's your favorite one? Like, uh, one where you're just like, this is fucking crazy because it's real or something you think is real. We, just, uh, we did something similar the other day, and Ben was going off about the moon landing. And I got to yeah. agree. That's one, of the, one of the benchmarks only because <laughs> it, it covers so many other things. Space. Right. What the fuck the Earth Russians. is, what, what space is, what air. Uh, you know, World War II, Roswell, JFK, all of it is like that 40 kind year tie around the moon. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But, so uh, we were talking the other day about uh, my favorite thing is the manipulated history in the last couple hundred years and how things are cyclic. And we kind of went off on that. Jen's, I can't remember what was your. Uh, that the pyramids were built by yeah. something other than uh, slaves, Egyptian slaves, that they were built by probably aliens which kind of tied into my manipulated history thing and the moon so Pretty it all cool. worked out yeah it all ties together ben what about you moon landing moon okay gotcha yeah i'm a huge I mean, fan you you mentioned that in this uh <clears throat> i guess you could say uh community you mentioned that in this community and everybody knows exactly what you're pointing to yep. um the one i mean the one thing that i brought up was a dateline special back in i believe late 90s early 2000s where they actually brought a dateline special about it being fake and of course the caveat to that is always well if it's on dateline it could be controlled opposition and mm-hmm. um, you know let's throw it out there because conspiracy theorists are saying it that way people go wow do people really think that and then it suppresses the conspiracy to those who actually have been thinking it um but the crazy part about it was the just the amount of I don't want to say inaccuracies, but more or less inconsistencies with what was being told to us and the time at which they're saying it happened. And then the fact that, you know, 60, 50 years later, we haven't gone back and their excuses that they don't have that technology anymore. And I'm like, you didn't have the technology then. If you don't have it now, you didn't have it then. And so then we went into, you know, different angles and shadows and this, that, and the other. And my biggest thing is the human behavioral concept behind it, where, if you just take that alone and we were able to do it in 1969, we would be dominating that shit if it had happened now. So that's that. that's my biggest thing. Yeah. And what about uh, the uh, Apollo? I want to say it was 17 where they were the OK. They had the film on the moon and they were doing a shot of the lunar lander or whatever. And when the capsule jettisoned off, the camera pans up and follows it. Have you guys seen this? Oh, Apollo yes, we, we brought that, that up. Thing. Okay. As I said, if everybody was on the ship, first of all, there are two things with that. One, the only way that they could have been able to control a camera is by radio wave remote. Okay. One, how are you getting that on the moon? Now, if it's short wave and they're able, almost like Bluetooth, to, uh, you know, device to device. Okay. That's one thing. First of all, though, that then there's what's powering it. Um, and thirdly, my, and my biggest thing is we can bear stream around the world without technological glitches how the fuck were they streaming that on boob tubes without internet from the fucking moon it's not me it's science ben it's engineers and that's hard american work okay and we beat the russians and that's what happened that's Uh, all that's important yeah (laughs) brandon you're right it was america 
We had yeah, to win. You know, and it's crazy. And I've had a guy named Kurt Carlton on my show. He's a NASA uh, engineer. He worked uh, through Boeing on NASA projects for like plus 40 years and trained oh, astronauts in the neutral buoyancy lab. I mean, he. OK, here. OK, here. <laughs> Hang on. OK, do you see this? This is a ring allegedly, that was flown on the ISS, on the International Space Station. And it, it mm. got brought back by a bunch of astronauts. And he gave me this thing back here, which is a picture of the ISS, and it's got six astronauts that signed it from uh, SS-123, uh, I believe. But, dude, my uh, second and third episode are with him. Uh, it's shit audio because I just started. Uh, apologies. But anyway, uh, but you. he is fascinating. And then, you know, a few, like uh, uh, I don't know, a dozen episodes or more later... I had David Weiss on, and we were talking about the flat earth. And so Kurt's stories blew my mind. I mean, he's like, I've, uh, he lives in Texas. He's a, a friend of mine's dad. And so he uh, is just one of the most fascinating guys. And what he knows about what he was taught is unbelievable. And David Weiss and I were talking about this. I go, look, I got a buddy of mine. He's a NASA employee, worked there for 40 years. He goes, yeah, this is what they do. They tell you that this is where all the stuff is going, and then they just don't shoot it up. But they shoot it off, and then it goes out over the ocean, and then falls in the water, and then that's it. And um, he was like, he would never know. And that's the thing about this. Whenever you talk to somebody about this, that they take it personally. And David said that the reason that they do this, like one of the examples was for the Saturn V that was Apollo 11. They contracted out over 100,000 contractors for that one rocket. And so now you've got 100,000 contracts with all of those having employees at them, dozens and hundreds and thousands of employees, so that they could go home and tell their grandkids, my my peepaw broke, you know, wrote the or made the bolts for this capsule thing, or my, you know, G Ma made the wiring sleeves or something like that. You know, she sewed the patches. Like everyone's kind of now emotionally invested in this idea. And to deny them that would be to deny it for some of those people, you think about just super average to work on something that went to space, you know, that's like a legacy thing. You know, that's their claim to fame in that town. Yeah, my grandpa did this and now he's got his picture up in this bar and to find out none of it happened or it wasn't real, there's, you know, a shitload of hubris in that and we can all understand that. But that's one of the things that's so fucked about this is how they wrap people and hope and families and stuff into this and then just bullshit. It, it's weird. So weird. Yeah, the compartmentalization of the whole thing is yeah. the thing that always gets me. That like when everyone's like, "Oh, you know how many, you know how many people would have to be in on this for this to work?" Like five. Like, not like, that many. Yeah. Like, I'm a cog in my uh, yeah. job. You'll hear the thing that I do, and if I were to be gone tomorrow from my job, nobody in the rest of the company would ever fucking know. Yeah. Like that's how little these people are in like the aeronautics and the space industry and all that. Yeah. Like you were talking about, oh, they made the little like eight inch screws for the capsule and that's all they knew about it. That's all they fucking knew about it. Who knows how to put it together? Those are the people you got to watch out for and yeah. the people controlling them. But that's a deeper conversation. It is. So <laughs> why, uh, why do you guys think NASA's lying? I well, I think why. they. I think the easiest is is obviously because. <clears throat> well, one, you got a bunch of stuff from Operation Paperclip, which I think was a direct correlation to be able to pull it off. Secondly, it was a great way to uh, network. Uh, there are theories that they had contracted shortly right before that with Disney, um, which would explain all of the cameras for the set. I guess you could say. Um, but I think that the biggest thing was continuing 17 years, uh, 14 years later, 
to show that world dominance after World War II and Korea coming into Vietnam is I think that it was all a power play. And because the technology was so rudimentary compared to what it is now on the connected, you, you can't hide anything today for the most part. And if you can, then they just send out controlled opposition to at least boggle everyone's mind to be in the middle. Um, there's a old saying, idle hands are the devil's workshop. Well, when people don't know what to do with themselves and they can't figure out a side, that's exactly where they want you to be is confused. And I think that other than beating the Russians, um, I think that the whole thing was just a power play. And like Joe said, I don't think that many people had to be in on it. I think the people that were in on it that were going to speak, like I believe it was Paul, Apollo 7 or 8, blew up on the launch pad. Uh, many people were oh, saying Gus that Grissom, that yeah. was that they were going to be whistleblowers. And then two, three days later, the attorneys that were going to continue on with the case in defense of their clients who died on the launch pad ended up getting offed. And of course, it was ruled suicide and a car malfunction on the train tracks. And most of this was all stuff back in a day where you believed what came on the TV. Your government wouldn't lie to you. Everybody was still patriotic. They were still going through wars. They were rallying. Um, and I think that that was the perfect time to sell a world dominant scheme that nobody would and could question. Yeah, it's like that movie oh, Hot wow. Fuzz. When he's like, oh, it's an unfortunate yeah. accident. <laughs> Is that an accident? <laughs> and that damn thing was crammed on his head, you know, or <laughs> they're like decapitated. <laughs> oh, it's been a terrible accident. Uh, you know, <laughs> with, We're in beta the, testing right now. We're like the beta test for like, what can we really get across to these people? Yeah. Well, and it's funny you said paperclip, and I completely agree. Uh, it's it's almost like, and Jim Mars wrote that book, uh, The Fourth Reich, and a lot of people mm -hmm. think this, and the more you look into it, the crazier it becomes that really the Nazis did not lose the war. Uh, Germany surrendered, but the Nazis did not. Only uh, 17 officers actually got prosecuted at Nuremberg, and that's supposedly, supposedly with Hitler being dead. And now they say they found their skull, but they can't get their hands on it because the Russians did. Um, it sounds like to me, they split up all the assets perfectly for the world to not find out exactly what they wanted to come out of World War II. It's already a known fact that the SAS and America propagandized how bad Hitler was. And this isn't to say that he's a awesome dude. Right. But the idea is, is that a lot of the theories that we were told and we accept as literature and history now was all written by the victor. And then we all know what that saying is. So I don't know. I, I, they, I don't believe that they lost. Um, there are several shows uh, that really depict that. And again, I think that's controlled opposition. Take the conspiracy, throw it in our face in a fictional manner. And it makes us go, oh, <laughs> that's crazy. But uh, Hunters from Amazon and also Man in the High Castle, both of those really sell both of those ideas that they didn't lose. And that's because... Operation Paperclip is now declassified. We all fucking can read it and know it. So I, I don't think that they lost at all. As a matter of fact, I think a the Fourth Reich is in the works. A lot of the footage you see from the moon landing and everything else back then, like you were saying, they, they were like, everybody believes what they see on TV now. Uh, fast forward however many years, and we have a way to go back and analyze these videos and be like, this is clearly bullshit. <laughs> they were doing some kind of obfuscation here on this background scene or, you know, Kubrick film the moon, whatever. But we have the ability to actually go back and look at these old videos and audio clips and that kind of thing. And it is very clearly fake now, but back then it didn't matter because nobody had the ability, nobody had a fucking Windows or yeah, Mac. Yeah, we were talking about that. Um, maybe it was on the round table, I'm not sure, but there, whatever you saw, I think it was on your show, Brandon. 
a couple of days ago where when we saw, not us, obviously, but our parents saying the whatever take off and just be like, oh, it's bouncing off the moon. They don't, they, they had no baseline. They were just like, oh, yep, this is how this happens. Yep, this must is be what, what this, that is because that's yeah, what they said. this is what this looks like. They had nothing to base that on, so they were like, yep, this is real. Because it's We've so radical. Really. It's so radical and crazy. It's just so bad shit. They're like, hang on, we did what? <clears throat> so of course it's going to be this grand, you know, thing and just this nonsense. It's just wild, man. And. <clears throat> Excuse me. You know, like uh, wars, I was just thinking about this, is that wars are a great time to institute these huge global changes on the, on the chessboard. And we know, you know what I'm talking about. It's like whenever you see something like the Antarct- Antarctic Treaty, everybody that signed that is in cahoots. They're like in this huge thing together. Russia, everybody signed that damn thing. So there's a level, I think, of like this buddy-buddy Davos, uh, you know, Bohemian Grove type thing where all these heads of all these crazy countries and all these jack-offs get together and they suck each other off and jack off and uh glass coffins over each other and it's just like give each other pink eye from farting on each other's faces and they're all into it yeah there you go yeah that's from one of those actually and so it's like these idiots they get together and they do this and then these wars break out or they cause them then they kill the poor people in the countries and then they just kind of go okay yeah yeah i'm gonna go to america now and okay i'll see you in argentina and then they just kind of take a submarine over and then they you know live out their lives there it's it's insane, the stuff going on, and we all see the big chess moves. And so let me ask you this. What do you think uh, with this whole Russia-Ukraine thing, what's what's going on with that, do you guys think? What puzzle pieces are they moving around, or what is this a distraction for that they're not telling us about? Okay, so I'll cut Ben off on this one just because uh, <laughs> I don't know why. But I think it's all theater. Uh, I know it's reductive to say that, but think uh, Putin is part of the WEF and so is Zelensky and uh, NATO. All this stuff all ties together, but they're trying to like make it look like it's separate things. Yeah. And I've said it on a ton of shows, the very fact that the people that are backing Ukraine right now are people like Soros and Hillary Clinton and World, World or eh, I guess it was Klaus Schwab. I don't know if he said anything about it, but all these people that we've been railing against for the last two years are all like, we stand with Ukraine, Russia's evil, Putin's a fucking yeah. psycho. That makes me real fucking yes. suspicious. I'm not saying I back Putin on it. I'm saying, what's going on here? I think it's important to say, too, that your sister lives in Ukraine and yes. recently had to flee. Like, so I'm not saying so nothing's funny. going on there. I'm saying we need to look into this more because there's certain people that we can't stand saying Russia's evil and you have to back Ukraine. And everybody on Facebook with their fucking you know, profile pictures and all this shit, they're just like, we back Ukraine. I'm going to go get a Starbucks now. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just something is gross about it. The whole it's, thing. It's what we were talking about last night. That's the first time that they've allowed that on Facebook. So you can hate one particular person and talk shit about them because they invaded another country like and there's a ton of, yeah. it's inciting violence. It, it's a backwards, weird place that we're in. And I think we did talk about this recently. Guys, also, these lives that we're talking about, a uh, website located down in the show notes, go check it out. They're replayed there for free. So you guys can go check those out as well. Uh, and it seems like what they're doing now is just like this crazy, like, ah, does this scare you? Oh, no? Okay, cool. It, oh, you know what it's like? Okay, do you remember that silly ass uh, thing that they take the audio from? And he's like, I'm old Greg. And he's like, you know, I've got yeah. this. It's good. Oh, yeah. This is what I'm I think Greg. the government's doing right Greg? now. They're like, yes. 
I've got this, and it's like, is, this is good. And it's like they're running around this place. They're disgusting and grotesque. They just want some company. And so they're running around grabbing all this dumb shit, and you're just like, no, that's all right. I'm, I'm good. You know, you want some Baileys? <clears throat> that's what it feels like. It feels like these like goobers. Baileys. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. That's what it feels like. It's insane. Yeah, they're just pushing more shit. Uh, what, what can we distract you with now? As far as distractions, though, I don't know. Yeah, I know, right? That's the, thing. the distraction from uh, the release of all the Pfizer documents or the, you know, uh, it could be anything. I don't even know if it has anything to do with COVID anymore. It could be more <laughs> that knows. they're trying to pass this legislation for the uh, the passes and all this other stuff that's leading into this world one world thing, the classic conspiracy and new world order. And it's... it's fucking headed that way and everybody's like no but ukraine they've tested it out for so long though and they're like okay we got a couple we got a couple we got a couple and then the covid thing happened and i hate talking about covid i really do but it was an eye-opener for so many people so i have to see mm-hmm. bad hard to say it's like that where it's like eh, was covid so bad no joe and i bought our first house in 2020 so fuck you 2020 you were great wife and i same thing we thrived we both were essential and we did great we got all of our stimulus we did awesome like we we just thrived it was one of our best years yeah since we lived in no fear was not bad for us yeah it was a great year so yeah sweet there were like two weeks there where I was like, okay, I finally need to go ahead and get my AR. And I just was like, all right, I'll go ahead and get one now. And it was no big deal. Like that passed real quick. I kind of, you know, you go through that and I'm sure you guys did this for just like half a second. You're seeing the toilet paper runs and you're like, hang on. If it's that crazy, you know, we may need to launch some freedom bullets at some people or some freedom pills rather at some people trying to uh, get our toilet paper. But anyway, uh, it, it's just bullets. odd. Yeah. It's, it's just an odd uh, time that we live in, but it does seem to get crazier and ramp up faster. This is what I'm saying is because now you've got this COVID shit, all the variants, you they're spinning people in so many different directions. And that's what it feels like. Before it was like, okay, here's what we're focused on. You guys should be paying attention to this. If you're not, we'll call you conspiracy theorists and then they'll move on to something else later. But it's like stacked now and it's stacked in such a way that it's so disorienting. Like they're not connected, but you know, it's all the same thing. It's this beast just throwing these groundhogs up, you know, out of the ground, those whack-a-mole things. And they're just popping up like crazy all over the place, seemingly unconnected. But you know it's from the same shit. It's just weird. There's just such a variety of nonsense going on. It's because we evolved. And we were like, no, your game's dumb and we can beat you. And so they're like, well, fuck, we're going to have to fucking up our game too. God damn. They're very upset about it. You can tell. That's why people are getting canceled for... Just putting an opinion out there when the Kardashians can say, like, this is my makeup challenge. Like, I just put jellyfish on my face and it peels an entire layer off. I just cook chicken and NyQuil. No, that's totally fine. (laughs) Just say that, like, vaccines might not work. And it's a suggestion. You're not saying they definitely don't. It's just a fucking suggestion. Suggesting anything is like, oh, you're a QAnon supporting Trump supporting bullshit bitch. Like you, you can't say fucking anything right now without them. They've already they have the bucket. They have things in the bucket that they already don't like. They have like a trash can that they're like, cool, we're going to throw you in this. As soon as you say this, this and this. So they're holding it up and they're waiting to just be like, whoop. And they just want to put you in that so bad. So we just have to be like, nope, I don't belong there either. We're going to rise up. 
Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, uh, and, uh, I'm almost fucking done with YouTube, dude. Uh, I got my second strike on there, uh, so we're probably not going to be doing that very long. Uh, don't link OnlyFans links for guests in the show notes, by the way. I didn't know you couldn't do that. Didn't know you couldn't do that. Uh, my mind didn't go to hor- you know, awful whatever thing, so I was just like, oh, it's a link. There's a passcode. It's for my guest that I had on. It's her you know, thing that she's a, a very powerful, wonderful woman, and so she has this thing, and it's very sensual. It's... Whatever, it doesn't matter. It's her thing. I just linked it as a way to contact her because that's part of getting her uh, involved in like her uh, coaching, what she does or whatever. Anyway, and they were like, yeah, get fucked. Uh, second strike. And I was like, ah. And then the first one was Max Egan, of course. So we they pulled that. Uh, and so this one, and so now I'm just like going through this thing where I'm just uploading everything to uh, the website. I'm just going to put it there. I'm, this probably won't go up on YouTube just because it's too good. Like, it's too good. I even have a section on my website called Too Hot for YouTube. And it's it shows like this where I know they're too good, full of too much dope shit that I'll just skip uh, YouTube altogether and just put them straight there. That's kind of what we were doing with our YouTube where I just vi- I only have like four videos, I think, on there. <laughs> nice. and it's because I can't put all the shows up on there. I have to wait till there's a show where we don't say COVID more than like three times or right. uh misinformation or whatever it's the time that you censor yourself the most which is hilarious you're like oh i'm gonna put this on youtube so i better be really <laughs> no i never have like, that in mind when do. we go on a live show though of like I know, oh i want to put know, this but on, when YouTube. You put it on youtube it's so funny sorry I just, no it's just a, a one so where i'm like I'm, we were talking about flat earth youtube allows that for some fucking reason it's not misinformation but okay we'll put that on it's because well, it's, it's destabilizing Tyson is so compelling mm-hmm. telling people oh. with his mic drop like Oh, it's compelling. I actually don't give a fuck if it's round or flat. I will put that out there. It doesn't fucking matter. It won't affect my life in any way. If someone said the earth is flat, I would be like, okay, cool. God, the ramifications. That's what I think about is the ramifications. Like I honestly, uh, I, I wouldn't be negatively affected one way or another. I just know that it's, I know NASA's lying about something. We all know this. It stands for never a straight answer or not a space agency. But it, it, whenever they're lying about it, you're like, well, why? Right? It's like, okay, we know you're full of shit. Okay. So why? What are you lying about? And if that's what leads people to this idea that it, the earth could be flat. Now, if that's the case, and I've said this before, my favorite is the extra land that Admiral Byrd was talking about. Yeah. That oh, is yeah. the dope shit. Like if we could do extra land and that's where like aliens and interdimensionals and shit and really there's physical places that you can go to here but we're stuck in like this hunger games environment because they've told you that this is what it is you know it's like a audible cage you know they're just like yeah um you can't do that so don't even worry about it It, it's just weird but that's my favorite thought experiment about the whole flat earth thing is the uh extra land bit i'm not concerned about like the dome thing doesn't interest me at all no, and it could just be a dimensional thing where maybe the dome is actually flat and it stretches on for eternity and so does yes. the earth and we're just in this this, you know, never ending section of fucking whatever and maybe, maybe up we're in there a simulation. Is the That's why it looks like that. It doesn't matter. It depends on your perception. Maybe when you look at it, it's like a particle. It behaves as a wave or as one thing. It just depends. So it looks round or flat, depending on what you're looking at no matter how you think of it i recommend all the (laughs) listeners get very stoned and go think about it by yourself in the dark just think about how small and insignificant you are and that that should cheer you up or think about how perhaps why there's so much contention on what we observe and what's being reported and scientists can see and test is because really 
all of this is just a projection from Hugh. And we live in a holographic universe to where this is all just a simulation anyway, so it can be simulated to be whatever you want. And in reality, then in that case, when you think of it that way in the dark, which I do recommend doing, maybe a little bit of mushrooms, then uh, you kind of come to the conclusion that um, not only does it not matter that it's so fucking crazy and seemingly fake, but that you are so much more powerful than you've been led to believe. And that's one of the biggest psyops, I think, is that you are a powerful motherfucker. And there are so many ways to test this for yourself. It's it's insane. It's it's amazing. I love that, Brandon. That's amazing. Like, thank you, because that is what people should be doing. Instead of being so fear-based and looking at what's going on, they can go within themselves. And it sounds selfish. I think I talked about it on your show and I talked about it today on Natasha's show, but being selfish is looked at as very negative. You shouldn't be selfish. You shouldn't be selfish. But if you're selfish, as far as loving yourself first, it's like putting the mask on in an oxygen situation on a plane. Like put put your mask on and then help your child. You have to be your best self before you can help others. So Figure out your fucking self. I think if we all did that, we would all come out of it and be like, wow, I feel amazing. And everyone would just love each other because they wouldn't care. They'd be like, yep, this is great. This is great. It sounds woo and weird, but nobody does that. They're so concerned with how everybody else looks at them. So scared. So it's so fear-based. Like, ugh, sorry, but. Nope. Could. so scared. Could not agree more. This is the thing. This is the biggest realization uh, that I've played with lately is the tend your own garden that you fix you and everything else changes. I cannot tell you <clears throat> if we would have met a year ago, the, the dude sitting right here that there was the dude sitting here a year ago is completely different. You guys just go check out my first yep. episode. Completely different. And it's because I've taken my life by my own hands and gone, you know what? This is my shit now. And that's when you get, you know, because confidence is just a series of successes. And so whenever you realize how powerful you are and you really start enacting these things, that's when you become unstoppable. That's when you're like, you know what? Yeah, this is my reality. This is my universe. It's, it's amazing. I highly recommend, and this is something I'm a proponent of anyway, this is a participatory universe from my perspective. And so I highly encourage everyone to just play around with this stuff. There are simple little fun exercises you can look up online about your telekinetic ability where you can put like a stone. This is a piece of amethyst my wife gave me. And I've never done this before, so it's not going to do it now. But you can focus your mind and do this kind of thing and the bitch will roll off your hand. You can make things move. And it's, you know, just play around with that kind of stuff. My hand got a little hot when I did it. Maybe there's something to it. I'll, I'll work on it. I'll put some videos out there. You tell us how to break clouds up. I know. I, I Ooh, heard you talk about it on the show a while ago. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to hit that off air. Oh. Unless you want to talk about it want to tell everybody no. now. Yeah, it's fine. I know, I know Go Ben's got to get going soon. He's got well, work tomorrow. Actually, we're going to wrap it up, so I will tell you off air. Uh, if you guys are curious about cloud bursting, write in, and I'll, I'll let you know about it. But, um, guys, thank you so much. We'll wrap it on this, and uh, I'm sure I'll see you again next week for a live or something like that, right? Oh, thanks again. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Thank you so much. Dude, thanks, man. We love you, buddy. Love y'all. Thank you. Yeah, yeah! want to give a huge thank you and a massive shout out to Joe, Jen, and Ben for coming by and hanging out. Uh, all of the ways, of course, guys, to find their amazing show. It's an amazing show. Uh, we'll be located down in the show notes, uh, so definitely check them out. 
and uh, just could not be more grateful. So thanks again, guys. Now, uh, again, for the full video of this, it will not be on YouTube. You can find it on Rockfin, linked in the show notes, as well as the website, expandingrealitypodcast.com. Go over there, guys, sign up, uh, become a member. I'm throwing everything up there, and it's free. You guys just go check it out. There's There are ways to support the show on there if you want. There's a $7.70 membership that you can participate in that's got some extra stuff that we're adding to it. Uh, or uh, for a million dollars, you can spend the day with me and we'll go do uh, like miniature golf and go-karts. That I can guarantee you. So that's an offer on there as well. But if you aren't interested in any of that, that's fine. Uh, go uh, check out all the free videos there, all the two cool for YouTube stuff's over there, the John Paul Rice, uh, the Max Egan they got pulled. All of it's over there, guys. So I really encourage you to kind of migrate on over to the website. Like I said, uh, we're just having some trouble. I'm not going to say trouble. There's an opportunity in disguise that we all have here to migrate away from platforms that don't want us, where we're not welcome. Where we're doing here and what the website hopes to do, and we have some big things happening in the future that we're not ready to discuss yet, we're offering you homes for that. So you guys have a home where you can come find all of this stuff to where it's where we are welcome. So that's just kind of what we're doing when we bash on YouTube. That's what it's all about. They'll leave a Marilyn Manson rape video up, but then you can't talk about um, that perhaps maybe what they're telling you in the news isn't 100% accurate all the time. So there's just a difference in value here and a different vibrational expression. And this is why we're creating something different. I know this is a long outro, but here we go. Uh, so this is how we feel about this. This is why we're kind of uh, bashing on YouTube. And that's just being honest with you guys. That's where we're at with this. So hopefully uh, y'all empathize with that and you want to still contribute and support to your favorite content creators and just kind of go where we go. You know, we've, we're, we're working on it here. But one great place to start would be my website at least. Uh, just go down there, check it out, expandingrealitypodcast.com. Linked down there and there you go. So thank you for sitting through that, by the way. Also down there, guys, affiliate links, Food Forced, Abundance, Get Your Freedom From Fear on. If you would like to start your own podcast, you can go on your own rants like that. Uh, do do so with uh, who I host through, is who I recommend. So Libsyn, I think you get two months free with that link, which is really cool. And also, if you are going to buy any damn thing at all on Amazon, go ahead and run it through our link. It helps the show, and I'm grateful in advance. Uh, I think that's going to do it for this one, guys. So, of course, uh, go out into this beautifully mysterious place, whatever the fuck it is. Uh, get away from YouTube, follow us where we're going, as well as uh, pick up a piece of litter, buy somebody around in line a coffee or a meal or something like that, some small, massive ripple effects out in the collective, right? Also, uh, go ahead and get out of the left-hand lane because that's a pain in the ass. you got somebody behind you wanting to pass. Super low vibe if you do that. Uh, and then, of course, above all and anything else, guys, go out into this incredible place, whatever the fuck it is, and y'all just be good to one another. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.